But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the trumpets. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn, <laughs> and oh, you <God>. hear <laughs> just seventh grader, <laughs> keep going. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Everyone, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan, and I'm Scott, and we are two ex VBS professionals, ex vacation Bible school professionals. That's right. Back in the day, people didn't go to school; they went to vacation Bible school. None of that anti prayer bullshit. Yeah, we put I, the Bible in vacation because those goes hand in hand. Yeah, we we took kids to church. And told them about the Bible in a vacation <laughs> way? Yeah, just a real vacation-y way. You just what, hang, what? you know. So a vacation Bible school, for those listeners who don't know, it was just like a week-long day camp in the summer. I, I, that's essentially what it was. It was day camp. Free with, babysitting like, for... Free babysitting at a church. It was the, it was probably the shittiest camp you could have sent your kid to oh. for like a few hours. Um, I never understood the vacation p- part of it. I that There wasn't any sort of vacationiness about it no it it was like children's church just during the week and yep. an attempt at most churches to bring in more people from the outside yeah it would make more sense as if they advertised it to parents as like hey summer daycare but then they advertise it to kids with like a cool youth group name like plunge or like something like ridiculous or waterfall waterfall or you know transformers extreme jesus week (laughs) extreme i bet a church has had that i guarantee a church has had extreme jesus week we had the themes uh did you have the themes oh yeah that was a big part of vbs yeah we did oh yeah um we did the cowboy one i remember that uh, we, I mean, I can't remember all the ones. Every year is a different one. Because you get it from, like, did you get the ones from, like, VBS corporate? Like, you get yeah. the kits? And, yeah. That Later, yeah. I would volunteer at it in, like, high school. And I think the first couple years of college, when I was interning at a church, I helped out. But yeah, I remember you get these, like, huge kits from Big Wig VBS in, you know, New York City or wherever. They're, they're probably located, in, like, I don't know. Templeton, Oklahoma, <laughs> or something. But they're uh, they make those huge kits with all the themes in them. But yeah, I remember we had a space one, we had a submarine one. There was like a western one. But the songs were always the worst part. And I was curious if you ever had to lead kids through like the VBS songs, Evan, or was that 
would you avoid those? Yeah. yeah. Uh, gotta a, admit you're center, something, 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 <laughs> turn away from your sin. B, believe in Jesus, something, 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 something. C, confessing Christ, something, I don't know. I'm sitting here trying to look up the lyrics to a VBS song. Oh, from like I remember. 2008. I rem- and there's always an ABC one. There's always an yes. ABC one that uh, does A, admit you're a sinner, B, believe in Christ, and C, confess your sins. Yes. And that was the deal. And they and like I say, I, I don't think I did VBS nearly as much as you did because we've talked about this before. I was a cool Christian. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I was genuinely involved in one of them, um, like full damn near VBS staff member. What do you think about those ABC songs? Because I'm just I'm getting my brain all up in a tizzy about it. Because it's like we're kind of indoctrinating kids in a very persuasive way to kids. Like you're, it's almost like you're trying to force them into saying a certain incantation, and then boom, they're saved. You know, it's like if they sing this ABC song, we'll convert them oh, right yeah. in the spot. You know, it's the same thing as when somebody was just like praying over there. She confessed to god that she was a sinner oh how old praline three and it's like all right there is nothing more awkward than that (laughs) that happened all the time at church or my family would do that where they'll be like well your little cousin they accepted christ this weekend and i'm like they're four like what did they what did they do like what did they think like as a four-year-old you one of two things happened you felt guilt or you you either Let's let's do one of three things. We'll do one sure. of three things happen. Most likely. Yeah. Your mom told you to do something or said it was a good idea or dad or whatever, and you did it. Yeah. And you're like the the big the big person who gives me cereal in the morning <laughs> <laughs> said I should do this. <laughs> Option two. And two and three are like real doctrinal theological. We get into it. So option two is a child becomes aware of their own mortality at the age of four and looks through their past mistakes in their past four lives, realizes they're not perfect, hears the gospel, understands that both their past and future decisions nailed Jesus to the cross. (laughs) And has yeah. a moment of repentance. It's, I don't, I, that seems like the simplest solution. That and I, then the third option is a child looks through the tunnel of time, oh sees God. all of their decisions, everything they will ever do. So going even further than this, saying Jesus. that they can be fully aware of everything that they will do and everything that they have done. And then they have this moment of, I must, I must repent for everything that I will do, or else I will burn in hell forever. Now, which one do we think is the most likely? Two, 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 two okay, or, or okay. three. <laughs> three, me lord, three, my lord, pick three. It, no. it always has irked me with kids in these situations because it feels fabricated because you have a bunch of adults that kids inherently trust. I mean, they, if you're, if you're a grown person, a kid is going to trust you more than somebody else. And so you have a bunch of grown adults who are taking care of you, giving you snacks, playing games, doing stories with you. And then they are telling you, encouraging you to do something the whole week. 
And every song is pointing to this decision. Everything you're talking about leads up to this decision. And then they make the decision. And they're acting like so surprised sometimes, like, little Jimmy gave his life. And it's like, I mean, yeah. (laughs) He followed in footsteps of what we're kind of laying out for him. But, and I don't want to be a curmudgeon because I've been in that scenario with kids and it can feel for someone that this matters a lot to it can be a special moment but how can people recommit their life later in high school if like why is it all, never stick yeah. i feel like every kid that gets saved when they're five suddenly they have to have a recommitting or a, a rededication service in the next 10 years so what's the point you know that's what I was about to bring up. Like, yep. yeah, I, I understand, you know, the, you know, for a lot of people, this is the biggest decision. They, they believe this is the biggest decision they ever make. You leave that to a four-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> well, and like you said, it's like, how do they even have the senses and the tools necessary to even, it's hard to explain all of the mechanics of the gospel and getting saved, even to other adults. I mean, think about how hard it is to explain well, you have a God and he's angry at you, but he loves you. He just wants to kind of kill you at any chance he can get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all you have to do is believe in a son that is him, but not him, but separate, but also him. And he died for you individually, but you have to just believe and say something out loud. And then he comes into your soul and he replaces your old soul with a new soul. Like, how does a kid get that? In Which a week. Begs, begs the question, how much of the gospel do you need to know and believe in order to be saved? That I love that topic because it tends to break down walls for people. Because yeah. when Christians and I, I, there's a certain brand of Christian guy I, I'm thinking about, <laughs> and because it, it used to be me, they would get with other Christians and like just debate the tiniest semantics of the bible like well you have to believe in the the resurrection blah 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 blah. but then you talk to them about well what about people who live in different countries never heard of christ and then they'll just say the most wishy-washy like well if they just kind of look up at the sky and believe in any god that'll count and it's like well which one is it do you have to have like bulletproof theology that is right on every line item or can you just look up at the clouds and go i think i believe in something else like you can sit there and be like, well, you have to believe in a heaven and a hell, and yeah. you have to believe that Jesus died and that he is a part of a trinity and that he rose on the third day and then uh, ascended to heaven. It's like, okay, how much does little Jimmy know of that? Right. Yes, exactly. Is Jimmy going to heaven or does he have to like realize that later? I'm pretty sure my nephews have prayed more to Jurassic Park and Spider-Man than they have God. <laughs> Definitely but, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Santa. But it, it, it's such an interesting topic to me of like this age of accountability is something yeah. they've talked about where it's supposed to be this age of where a kid is responsible for their own life and their own destiny, which is really terrifying to think because every church has a different age of accountability. Some churches will say, oh, it's just... It's different for every kid. Others will say it's eight. Some will say it's yeah. 12. Some will say it's like five. At Catholics, it, it depends on the gender. Does it really? Oh, no, no way. Accountability. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> about something different. <laughs> Jeez. 
Sorry. <laughs> but whoops. Um, um <laughs> threw me for a loop. It, it just seems wild to me that we leave this up to kids and we kind of give them all this leeway and we'll just take whatever they say. Like a kid could just say, yep, I accepted Christ in my heart. And they don't know a single thing about the Bible or the gospel, but because it's a, it, it's another check mark for the VBS staff. Like, well, we did save an extra kid this year. And that same day, a kid quote unquote, that same kid invented the color blurple. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Pretending to be a horse out in the playground. Yeah. Instead right of the horse. I'm just like, I'm not saying that, that I don't, I never want to discredit kids. I worked in early childhood for a while. Like kids are yeah. great, but also like the, their knowledge of uh, the metaphysical. Yeah. Is not what you want it to be for them to achieve salvation or nirvana. Here's my thing. I'll be fine with kids getting saved young, but they have to reject the theory of Santa Claus. That's when I'll know <laughs> that they're ready for Christianity. So if a kid comes to me at VBS and goes, I want to accept Christ, I have to go, well, you know, Santa's not real. Oh and then God. see if they still believe <laughs> in Jesus after that fact, after you rock their world with something that all the adults also told them about. Yes. I So that's my... That's what I want to live off now. These same people who are telling you about this guy, Jesus, yeah. they also tell you about Santa. Yeah. Uh, that's my last side note. We'll go out to the icebreaker for this, but I, I got into a little bit of heat with, like, when I was working at a church and some of like, my ministry friends and whatnot, because I told them I didn't want to teach my kids about Santa. For the record, I do now. If I have a kid, I will do Santa. But back when I was hyper-Christian and, like, really into it, I was like, it doesn't make sense. Why would I lie to my kids about Santa if I know it's not true? Right. Because how are they going to believe me about what I'm telling about the Bible if I'm going to tell them that Santa comes down the chimney every year? So it's it's just funny to me that we do all this with kids and we're just completely <laughs> like throwing them through the ringer. So speaking of throwing things overboard, I, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about Christian cruise lines. Specifically, there's one called Inspiration Cruises. And I have a lot of friends, and I'm sorry if you listen to this show and you've been on one, but also, you know who you are. <laughs> you chose this life. Uh, specifically, there is a Mercy Me at Sea cruise where you too can go on a vacation and listen to Mercy Me every night on a cruise ship. I can only imagine what that would be like. I feel icky about this whole thing. about. Christian I, I cruise feel lines. icky about anything that is like a big pay. Because I don't know if you watched season two of The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I have. Yeah. So it's this screams the like Zion yes. resort. Yes. Type thing. That's what this screams to me. Absolutely. Um, this this just screams like Christian money being thrown at a thing, and it's just there. And like I, I and what's wild is like people are on here that I wouldn't think are on here, like um, <laughs> Alistair yeah. Begg. It looks like Tony Evans is on here. Chuck Swindle. Like, what are these people doing here? <laughs> like There's... these are not these are not Joel Osteen's. That's that's my thing. These are like 
heaven and hell, you know, preaching against, you know, people who have taught against prosperity gospel, but here they are like, come on this cruise with us. Yeah. I mean, Alistair Begg is like an apologist. I mean, that is not, I wouldn't, I used to listen to him when I was in college. Again, I was a huge nerd, but he is not like a stand-up comedian or like a magician or anything like that that'd be entertaining. Like you're going to go on a cruise and listen to an old Scottish man, just an old (laughs) Scottish guy walk you through theology and apologetics 101. Like, man, this screams Jerry Falwell Jr. to me in every part of it as like some type of like weird thing to have all your weird Christian friends at. You know, and I'm not saying Christian friends are weird. I'm saying you're weird ones. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Like, oh my God. Like, what, what is, what is the point of this? To get out into the middle of the water on a big cruise ship with the most boring people on earth? I just go on a regular cruise. Just do a normal just, one. Do they Take allow, your... do they allow alcohol on these cruises? I was just trying to look that do up. Do they I was allow like... Oh my god! I need to. Know, I'm gonna say no. I I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Because if I that's feel... the case, then this this is the literal stupidest cruise. Uh, meals are included on the cruise. Doesn't say anything about alcohol. I don't know. Is it a booze cruise? Yeah, is it a booze cruise? Because that's the whole fucking point of a cruise. Is it just go into the middle of the water? Yeah. Get fucking sloshed. <laughs> It really like they're missing the whole point of a cruise. They're they're this is the thing that happens when things get Christianized. It they just yeah. they make it worse. They take the good thing about it. It's like Christian music. They took all the, like let's turn it down. The volume needs to go down. Let's make sure the drums are in a cage. And it's like Christian comedians, forget about them. Christian cruises, no alcohol. Like what are we doing? No, let's, it's boring. Even Jesus wouldn't want to be on this. He had wine on no. his first miracle. Well, he wouldn't need to be on a cruise. He would just be walking on the water. I knew as soon as I opened my mouth, <laughs> that was a joke he'd make. <laughs> There'd be like a cruise ship and he's like, hey guys, watch this. Hey, bitch can't do this. Seriously, don't try it. <laughs> I I, I want to go on one though. I, I really do. The I was just... Gaither homecoming. Yes. Oh my God. You can have the Gaithers on a cruise. There's also a Kirk Cameron tour of Israel that is also part of this inspiration cruise. Now, here's the other thing that I would ask. Is Kirk Cameron there for the entire tour, or does he show up for one fucking day? Just kind of like the (laughs) episode of It's Always Sunny where they try out for the football team, Mm. and uh, Donovan McNabb shows up and does like a McDonald's commercial and then gets paid his 20 bucks and leaves. Like, is that what happens with, like, is this like an Alistair Begg cruise, or does he show up for like once, like, are you... Are you docked and you go to like a thing, like he shows up in like one of the auditoriums on the cruise and then you're just kind of like on sea again and he just goes and fucks off to Scotland or wherever. That's a great, I'm trying to see the Kirk Cameron one. Partner with Christian Hollywood actor, he will share his personal insights throughout the tour. So it does say throughout. Okay. But maybe it's only a couple days. This is also run by Museum of the Bible, which got in trouble for having a false uh, Dead Sea Scroll. <gasps> Did they really? Mm-hmm. Ooh, wait! They like just made a fake one and put it up for 
display. I don't know if they made a fake one or anything. What, the, what they had on display was fake. Whoa, interesting. But they, were, they weren't saying it was a copy. So they were just trying no, to yeah, sell some tickets. Just, and so somebody was like, hey, that's... Here's my problem. Get them back in my box. Take us to church, Scott. This is all for Christians. This is not, let's make a cruise line that is open to everybody. And you can, not that, I can't imagine you try to evangelize people on a cruise, but. Scott, maybe, you, did, you did evangelism training. I want you to pretend you are evangelizing to me and invite me on the Kirk Cameron um, Israel tour cruise ship. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, hey, man, how's it going? What are you doing October 14th through 24th this year? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know your name. Well, we've been friends for probably close to eight years now. I'm okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Scott. I didn't recognize you with your <laughs> hat. Um, no, oh, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything at the moment. Why? What's, what's your, what, what, do you, what do you have in mind? I have like a really fun opportunity for us. There is a tour of the Holy Land. Um, where we can walk in. Sorry, let me pull this pamphlet that I have. Lucas Oil Stadium? Um, Yeah, it's come and discover the tangible history of the Bible uh, as it bursts into living color throughout the amazing journey of uh, walking through the Sea of Galilee with Kirk Cameron. Do you know who Kirk Cameron is? Here, let's watch this movie. It's called Fireproof. You're going to love it. (laughs) I I don't want to be friends with you anymore. (laughs) It's only 10 days. It's $30,000, and you get to meet Kirk Cameron. Oh, how, how much is prices? Does it say? Oh, uh, okay. Actually, the full thing might be close to eight grand. Although I can't tell that I could be misreading that. Either way, it's icky because it's made for Christians, and I feel like it's preying on specifically old people because old yeah. people love cruises, but they also love God. And so, yeah. people at Inspiration Cruises thought we have unlimited money in front of us if we just make a Christian cruise line. And we get some C-rated Christian actors and artists, put them on a boat, and we overcharge old people to go on it. I just think it's gross. It just seems like, why not put all that effort and time into serving your communities? Like, instead of having a cruise line that's only for Christians, why not take all that money and put it into a local school? Start a shelter at your church. I don't know, rake some leaves for somebody. And with all the shit with cruise ships with COVID now, it's even worse because they'll just get docked. They'll have to yeah. like stay. If there's a, I remember uh, Katie was in, I think, St. Lucia. And uh, this is before COVID. Um, she was there and a cruise ship that was one of the uh, international uh, ships for uh, Scientology had to be docked there because oh it had an outbreak, I think, of like the measles. I'm sorry, a Scientology cruise? Yeah, as there are like four Scientology vessels or something like that. Oh because, my gosh. And it, they're on like internet, they stay on international waters. Jeez. That's yeah. a nightmare. That sounds yeah. like a nightmare. Um, so when Katie came back, we just all joked that she was a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what a way to spend your time if you want to like and get COVID in the middle of the ocean. If you want me and Evan to go on a cruise, email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. And send us $30,000. And also fund <laughs> our way to get on this boat, please. We will talk with Kirk Cameron himself face-to-face. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll also get thrown overboard. Yeah, minute one. Well, what are we talking about today? What's our, what's our hot topic? We're talking about Jericho. I mean, Jericho. 
essentially what happened is uh, Moses led people through uh, Egypt. Moses is now dead. Uh, Joshua is now the leader of the people of Israel. And Joshua is basically like Moses, but with balls. You know, he's a cool Moses. I mean, he does have cooler stories than Moses, I think. He's got more like action-packed spy stuff. Yeah, it, it'd be a close fight. I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, Moses has like um, more like he's got grandiose. The he, he's got like the grandiose, like splitting the Red Sea. Joshua's like, "Hey, go spy on that city." Yeah, I think we got like a Jason Bourne versus like Moses is more like of a Iron Man, <laughs> <laughs> Andre the Giant, <laughs> Andre the Giant, <laughs> just huge. Yeah. So starting in verse thirteen, uh, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up. And so, so basically, they're going to Jericho. What has happened? I should probably post this a little bit because um, it's going to have some callbacks to it in the story. Joshua sent in two spies to report on what's going on in Jericho, and then they came back, and now they're assembling their army. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Scott, what does the good old English standard version say? <laughs> uh, he comes up and says, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I am for you. I am your commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. Now. It's like when someone gives you a multiple choice question, you just answer yes or no. And then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in worship and asked him, what does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, remove the sandals from your feet. The place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. What a weird thing to tell someone. I just forgot about this whole passage. Like, I, I don't even remember this spot. And it doesn't really get talked about much in the end. But there's just a dude that comes out of nowhere and says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. He's not God himself. He's not even an angel. It's just... We're, we can assume it's probably an angel, but it doesn't say angel, just to be clear. So I'm just imagining a dude. Now, if that dude has like a thousand eyes and 40 different wings, <laughs> then I think it's a safe assumption. It doesn't say anything about eyeballs and wings. It just says that's, he has a sword. I, that's true. He's just has, <laughs> he has a sword. Maybe it's, on I, right, maybe it's on his right hip. Who knows? That's right. <laughs> but... No, that's an excellent point. There's just this like random guy in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And he's got his drawn sword and they're just like, Hi, who are you? And he's like, Commander of the Lord's Army. He's like, No, no, the Lord's Army, the Lord's Army, the Lord's Army, the Lord's Army. He's like, Let those dogs out. Yeah. Come on, huh? Get those shoes off. Come on. This dog will hunt. Get those dogs Um, out of there. Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. Um, I think yours says uh, Jericho was shut up. It was shut up inside and outside. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho its king and its fighting men over to you. March around the city with all the men of war, all you men of war over there. Circling the city one time, do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horn trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the trumpets. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn, <laughs> and oh, you <God>. hear <laughs> just seventh grader, keep going. 
a prolonged blast of the horn and you (laughs) and you hear it sound (laughs) have all the people give a mighty shout then the city wall will collapse and the people will advance each man straight ahead so that happens (laughs) that's all Uh, they got all right i'm not gonna read the like the bible does this thing where it's like all right god commanded them to do this and then the next like 40 verses are describing what god told them to do it really is and you're the english major so i don't know what it's called when they do something like that there's got to be some kind of literary device of like explaining something and then just completely re-explaining it but with slightly more detail and that's all it is repetition would be the close i i don't know what it would be in this i'm not a hebrew scholar so i don't know if this is supposed to be i think the device is just called boring yeah that's what i would (laughs) clarifying that they did it yeah it's a receipt yes let's skip ahead so basically there's six days they are taking a lap around the city which is about like a mile and a half yeah we were were doing the numbers before and it it might be roughly like a mile and a half around the city gates. So maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, who knows, but uh, Jericho ain't got archers. Yeah, they're, they're fine. What's your fastest mile time in your whole life, Evan? Uh, three seventeen. My God, <laughs> just an absolute freak <laughs> athlete. <laughs> I bet you're faster than Tom Brady. I'm absolutely faster than Tom Brady. Come <laughs> at me, Tom. I will fucking dust you. I will dust your ass. Come on the podcast, please. <laughs> but we'd, I would say like a normal, like an, an average mile time for a, if someone's just kind of lazily walking, what, maybe 15 minutes if you're walking? Yeah, I, 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 think like, right? yeah, I think that's maybe fair. And so I think 20 you, minutes, you, I don't know. Kind of kick it up to like 20 or 30 um maybe 30 minutes for like walking around so maybe about 30 ish minutes for walk making a lap yeah around jericho so yeah they probably get a lot of stuff a lot of backpacks and you point know. is it wasn't like they were doing this all day no just got one quick lap and they go home have a snack get back yeah, in the which is ship. why i'm like jericho ain't got y'all ain't got rocks <laughs> like y'all ain't got no one's got no, one, no one's got a spear like yeah, and they're walking too. They're not even like it. Just says that they're. Uh, I mean, they are the mighty men of valor, though. So, uh, do you think that the Jericho warriors were like, "All right, we got to prepare for battle," and then they just start like walking around the city and not saying anything, and they're just like, "Jerry, what the fuck are they doing?" <laughs> just all walking around. They have like their coolers and tents and umbrellas. And <laughs> is this is this a parade? What's going on? Who knows? So they do this for six days. Seventh day, get up early. Uh, so then verse 15 says, at the dawn of day, uh, and they or sorry, on the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. Thank you for clarifying verse 15. <laughs> and on the seventh time, in case you're wondering, they did this seven times that day. Whenever we run into this so many times, it's always somebody who's just like, oh, and just in case you are like wondering about a technicality. I, it's right here. I'll right say here. it twice, just in case. But yeah, the seventh time when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, 
Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab, the prostitute, that's what we were mentioning earlier, there was one person that helped the spies, um, just for context. Rahab housed the two spies that came and scoped out Jericho, so the Lord, in his grace, uh, spared her and her family. But then it gets worse, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> it says, only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live, uh, because she had hidden the messengers whom we sent. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction. So basically, don't take things out of the city that I don't want you to. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy. So you can grab those. I love how it's like everything <laughs> they have is for destruction. Gross. Oh, but they got money. Take the money. Money's fine. Money. Money's, Money's fine. okay. We can do money. <laughs> yep. So all silver and gold. So the people shouted, the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So the people went up to the city, every man before them, and they captured the city. And this is the kicker verse. Uh, then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. The end. <laughs> and they all lived happily, happily ever, after. ever after. What do you think, Evan? What's, what are your initial thoughts? My first thought is I, I love the idea of him just addressing this whole crowd and being like, only Rahab the prostitute will be, uh, and everyone with her in her house will be spared. But I had to find Rahab at some point and so they had to be searching through the city and they'd like open the door and be like are oh, you rahab the prostitute and she would be like i'm rahab <laughs> yeah that's my other job <laughs> i mean i you know um, how about rahab the one with a master's degree huh <laughs> how, about, how about rahab the one who hid your spies let's go with that how about rahab your only ally in this city let's go there yeah, try again, buddy. Try again. But yes, I am a prostitute. But I, I just, who just happens to be a prostitute? I, I dabble. I dabble. I, I love the labeling the Bible does sometimes, like uh, yeah. little Zacchaeus. There's no other Zacchaeus in the Bible. <laughs> it's just him. Do you think he likes being known as like little Zacchaeus? I would say no, just little. I, mean, I don't think Rahab likes being known as Rahab the prostitute either. I think, especially not for the rest of history, because <laughs> it's been ingrained in this book for thousands of years. She can't get yeah. away from the name. She's got to reinvent herself now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and they do spare a family. That's that's a, a whole. They thing. spare one family one out of family. a whole city, and they kill women and children after the fact. I feel like even when I was like reading this in Sunday school, that would kind of make me feel uneasy. But I used to just gloss over that. I would go, oh, yeah, well, and I think it's because my worldview at that point, like when I was a kid reading this, because I feel like what, the Walls of Jericho was a Sunday school kind of Bible story. You know, like it was in Veggie kids Tales books. song about it. I was going to say it was in Veggie Tales. So you kind of grow up thinking, like, oh, this is a fun, wholesome story. And you don't really, and you kind of, make it a like a good guy versus bad guy plot of like well everybody in jericho they're bad they're evil people so killing them's no big deal but you really think about like what if this was just like what if you replace jericho with 
Indianapolis, whatever, Chicago, Detroit, Philly. Like it has such a different meaning if you just put a real city in there because we're so detached from this scenario. I just can't imagine if God was like, all right, march around Indianapolis seven times. It's going to be a little bit longer than a 30 minute walk, but, (laughs) (laughs) but walk around seven times and you can spare that one family and I'm killing everybody else in Indianapolis. That just seems wild to me. And so I I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to like move on from seeing those types of verses and not, not get in my soapbox, but there's five or what, six more verses in this passage, but they're all, it's kind of the aftermath really. Yeah. I was curious, like you said it was veggie tales. Like, was this taught to you as a kid? Like, do you remember how they, I remember the VeggieTales thing where they throw like smoothies at them, um, but which <laughs> is apparently more than what the actual Jericho people did. Were they, or I have to ask, was the smoothie made out of vegetables? Also, were there fruit in VeggieTales? I know it's VeggieTales, but wasn't there like grapes? Yeah, there and were like grapes. blueberries? Uh, Jericho, VeggieTales. So, right off the bat, they're already telling us. Some false false facts there. Evan's gonna watch the whole Jericho episode. I might. Oh no. Oh god. No, I won't. It's thirty minutes long. Oh. <laughs> the, the the Jericho episode I like. It's called Josh in the Big Wall. <laughs> just Joshy baby, not Joshua. Just Josh. I do love the way VeggieTales simplifies things. No, I was never taught this. I was never taught um, about there, or at least in the fact that I can remember. Damn. Um, I don't, I remember like, um, I, I do remember people talking about Rahab, um, yeah, in a sense, but I don't remember really the idea behind it. I, I remember from an early age, like we would do Wednesday night, like kids, it was basically like youth group, but for the younger kids. Yeah, I was aware of the story. I just, yeah, I wasn't, and I was probably taught it in some kind of fashion, but not in a way that was meaningful or that I took any sort of moral from. The moral they pushed with us was you have to do, if you're going to do an incantation or a spell, you have to do it seven times for it to (laughs) stick. (laughs) If you're going to curse somebody, do it seven times and wave your wand. Doesn't this feel a little witchcrafty and magic-y, though? Like, that there's, like, a recipe? All this stuff in the Old Bible, in Old Testament. It is. Old like Bible. The, the old, <laughs> this is Old Bible. An Old Bible. Uh, it, all, it always feels, like, witchcrafty, all that shit. Like, the, especially yeah. this, where it's just like, hey, for six days, you're going to walk around once, and then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around seven times, and then you're going to blast your horns. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I can't grow up either. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I wish God would make a comeback with this kind of stuff. Like, I wish churches, you don't see churches anymore walking around. (laughs) (laughs) Just walk. They don't have like spells and incantate. No one's like hitting rocks and water's coming out. Where are all the miracles? I want to see the cool stuff like this. Yeah. Then I'll go back to church. If if there's a church that's going to walk around a building and it collapses or stick a, stick in the water and it turns to blood or I need something. Give me something. I, I can't do yeah. another just like, oh, we're going to have a harvest festival for a chopper staff on the ground. Make it a snake. Yeah. Let's like, come on. Make, make have make, some fun. Make, make the gay frogs rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something about it where it, I, if, I find it funny because there's such a fear of witchcraft and the occult 
and wizardry from evangelicals, yet the book they cling to is just full of it. I'm just full of spells and curses Absolutely. and blessings. It's just the semantics. You, you call it a blessing and it's, you know, it's not a spell. Oh, it's uh, like when, uh, when Christian parents were very much like, oh, Harry Potter's of the devil. But then they'd be like, not Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? The magic lion's fine. And the just... magic lion is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... Magic lion and the elves and dwarves and the orcs. <laughs> Reading about that's all okay. And Santa. It's fine. And, yeah, Santa's fine, too. Uh, yeah, so I don't even remember the moral. It, it was like... I, I probably had to rewatch the Veggie Hill ones. It's probably similar. I, th- I think it was just about like persistence and the power of prayer. I don't know. I mean, people say they grab every moral from the Bible, and I'm like, when was the last time you walked around a city to try to destroy all the women and children in it? Yeah, because someone told you to do it. So I don't know. I, I'm these destructive verses always get me riled up when <laughs> I, I can say that. The moral of the story is the opposite of 303's most hit song. And what would that be? In this case, it would be Trust a Ho. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't with you today. Uh well what are your what are your absolute final thoughts on the walls of Jericho? <laughs> my absolute I, final thought. The final thought. I mean, Rahab surviving is important because Rahab, yeah. I believe, is in Jesus's lineage. Good so point. that's why she's there. Like, maybe that's just a family story that got it, like, intervened uh, for, like, you know, David or whoever. Hmm. It was like, oh, well, I have a relative, you know, Rahab. She was, she, when the uh, Hebrews were coming out of uh, Egypt, you know, she let them stay, you know. Maybe family story that got passed down. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's a it's a grim story about murder and mayhem. <laughs> and boy, if you could just knock down walls with just a blow of the old horn, <laughs> I mean, Evan would knock down a lot of walls back in the day. But yeah. I, I don't know. I think you're right on the money about it being witchcraft, about it being like the occult, about it being, you know, yeah, very very like just uh, Doyle and Doyle and yeah, get trouble. You know, get a frog's leg and get a the hair of a, a hairless man, and a yeah, a, a jar of hairless man, and a jar of mayonnaise from under the sea, and <laughs> and the 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 grab a, a a tall man's pair of shoes and put it in a boiling pot of <laughs> jelly. I don't know. <laughs> I've never made a spell. Burn sage. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's all witchcraft and wizardry. Yeah. What about you? What what do you what do you do you do you like this? Do you believe this? What do you think? Historically, I find it hard to believe. Okay. It it could fall under the umbrella of things that did happen, but someone then made up a story to explain what happened. So like maybe so. maybe the walls of Jericho were incredibly crumbly and fell one day and someone thought i bet that was the power of god and then they kind of made this whole story but do you think like they just like were walking around six times and were like we have to find a weakness and like the seventh day they were just like god damn we cannot find it and then just like they fell and it was like we did it <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it was the seventh time. That's what we had to do. We've only been doing okay. six. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the commander of God's army still. I, I forgot that that was in there. I find it very weird. Uh, I don't know why. Because usually when it talks about the God's like host and his army, it's an angel described, but this just says the dude just comes out <laughs> of the desert and is like, I'm God's commander. <laughs> I just find that really funny. But yeah, then it ends on a really sour and horrible note because it frustrates me is that it makes a distinction to say that it it's both young and old men and women. So it's not yeah. just like, ah, eh, they killed everybody. And maybe we can just pretend like it was all just a big, bad, you know, army men that they killed. But it makes a distinction of like, no, every living person died in that city. And it's all thanks to uh, God. So that to me really seals up this story just quite nicely. Yeah, that's that's all I got. I, I think back in the day, I would um, excuse that and be like, well, it was war. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that, that was the usual like, well, this was a different time. War is grim and at that time god just had to do what he had to do to make sure his people were safe i can kind of understand that as an explanation but it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things it doesn't make sense uh in uh later verses when god is very uh direct and is saying yeah kill all of them especially with children that's what i don't know so if you can justify that email us I'd love to hear. I need to get, we need some more controversy in the emails. I want, I want, some, I want some questions. I want some real I want, zingers. I want, so I want someone to be like, Hey, you guys are getting canceled. <laughs> Send us an email that we're going to get canceled. I, yeah, I would love please that. Do. Please do. That's all for this verse. Um, Scott, what do you, what do you got to plug? What's your, what are you plugging away at? I'm taking the easy route and I'm going to once again, plug our Christian video games online. It's coming. <laughs> That's 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 us oh. playing a video game. Evan, <laughs> <laughs> <been> a real <laughs> master of sound effects <laughs> and vocal tricks. What game is that? Pew, pew, that's pew. just Mister Game and Watch. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited for it. It's just a matter of us setting up all the tech because we're, you know, this ain't our day job. So, yeah. and we're old. <laughs> And we're old. We don't understand technology, but it will be really fun. We're going to do it on YouTube. I know that he's in the box, and I can <laughs> see him, but I can't touch him. I'm pressing my mouse. I don't, nothing's happening. Do I need a password? I don't understand. Why, why are there two screens? And one's in the other screen. How do I get picture in picture? Yeah, get it off of here. I just want to use the internet. Get off the phone. I got to use the internet. Christian Video Games Online. Yes, yeah. coming soon. I'm excited. Evan, what do you have to plug or what have you been consuming? Uh, I've been listening to a wonderful podcast called Dungeons and Daddies. Um, it is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Um, the first season is about four dads that get jettisoned to the Forgotten Realms. And the second season is about four kids who get jettisoned to Earth from the Forgotten Realms. Um, and mm -hmm. I've been thoroughly enjoying it it's Whoa. if you haven't you don't need to have any sort of DD knowledge to understand what's going on it's a barrel of laughs it's freaking hilarious uh dungeons <laughs> and daddies take a look at it Love that's it. great well that's all we got i'm gonna do the ending today why not i'm gonna yeah, yeah, jump do in it, here do it, yeah do it. sure so uh, thanks for listening we really appreciate it 
Um, if you can help us out, subscribe to us on our socials. We got it on TikTok. We got it on Instagram. Uh, we got Twitter, even a YouTube channel. So especially subscribe to YouTube, even though I have a few videos up right now. Um, you'll that way you'll get the notification when we go live for video games. So just do that. Um, and then email us your ideas for new episodes, any questions you got at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. And what's the handle for the socials? It's unblessed pod. Literally just Google unblessed pod or unblessed podcast and our little logo should show up. I've tested it. Hopefully it shows up. (laughs) So that's all we got. Evan, take it away with your fancy phrase that you always end with. (laughs) Well, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And as always, don't forget to close your Bible.